0: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss. Scoopy Scoop Radio. Radio in your area code on the plane, on the train, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B, and make sure to subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Play Tuning App, or simply by visiting com, And on the line right now is a guy I've known for a couple years. Uh, none other than the founder of the Orange and Blue Crew and the host of the 33rd and 7th podcast and the biggest Knicks fan that I know, none other than Anthony Donahue. Sir, welcome to Scoop
2: Radio. Scoop, what's up, man? How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Always a pleasure to chat with you.
0: But of course, my man, we go back to the CBS days and even having the opportunity to coach the Orange and Blue Crew game. Uh, last summer man that was fun
2: yeah that's that's quite the experience fans get to have we're already planning some big events for next season for Knicks fans and basketball fans as well but Knicks fans so you know a lot of stuff uh, on the horizon with that stuff
0: make sure to follow my man Anthony Donahue on the Twitter Um, he's got a lot of cool stuff um, that he's that he's doing make sure to follow him on Twitter at uh, Anthony MSG as well as Instagram Anthony MSG Bro, um, if you could kind of scale it between a one and a ten, how nervous are you for uh, Sunday at six o'clock p.m.?
2: Oh man, that's a good question. So, what I was saying—I was thinking this when I woke up this morning. Let's say you're a, a fan of a team that wants like the Lakers, that's won some championships. You've had a five-year drought, and you're going to free agency. And opposite the Lakers have LeBron and AD. But let's just say you didn't, and you and you're, you're going to be nervous because you want to get back to winning. You know what I'm saying? Or if you're a Yankee, I'm a Yankee fan. The Yankees are always pretty good. But you want to get back to win. okay? But when you're a Knicks fan, when, you know, thank God I'm 35 years old, so I did did experience the championship. I experienced some fun times in the 90s. Always ended in heartbreak, but some fun times nonetheless. I'm not sure if you know this, Scoop, but the Knicks have been trash for basically 19 years. (laughs) No, <laughs> And almost nothing we've done has gone right. I mean, nothing. It just feels that way. I still love the Knicks. I still love my franchise. I think it's a classy organization, despite what some folks say. So going to the free agency, I am extremely nervous uh, because, you know, especially after trading Christoph Porzingis and obviously the Kevin Durant injury changed everything. Either the Knicks get Kevin Durant. The injury changed everything because he's not going to play this year, although if you saw my tweet yesterday, some of you guys took it too serious when I said <laughs> the Knicks are going to get the eighth seed and then Kevin Durant is going to come back April 1st with a few weeks left in the season and I we're gonna get the that. final. Now, <laughs> yeah. I am known as a positive Knicks fan. That, that tweet was a complete joke, but people were really... Now, there was a few groups of different people on that tweet. There was the... Oh my God, I definitely agree with this crowd. Then there was, you're a bozo crowd. And then there was the crowd of that just found the tweet like from Dallas or from Arkansas, like, look at this ass. <laughs> Arkansas? I don't know. I just made up a difference. I, I, there's definitely some folks that definitely don't follow me from some random states that were like, who is this idiot? But I was joking. Like, yeah, I mean, to be honest, that, that does sound kind of interesting, right? What if you got another star, you got KT, you compete for the eighth seed, and he comes back in April? Uh, that would be pretty lit. I'm not yeah, saying it it's going to happen, but yeah, I don't think it's that far-fetched. Yeah, it's
0: um, it's interesting because Scooby Radio on the line with Anthony Donahue talking uh, everything. Um, when I look at the Knicks, man, I, I, I ask this question, and maybe you can answer it better than me. Why would the Knicks want to sign Kevin Durant and he sits out a year?
2: I'll give you a very easy answer. Ready? Are you recording? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. He's Kevin Durant. <laughs> I, he's, it's not like it's, you no. Know, I'm thinking of a player who's like a B-level star. It's not like it's right, a great player, by the way who's it's not like it's Joe Johnson, for example. You're not signing Joe Johnson after a torn Achilles. Nothing against Joe Johnson. But um he's the player I thought of. You're signing Kevin Durant. He's still gonna I think anyway, still going to be a great player. He's still gonna be seven feet. He's still gonna be able to shoot over everybody in the world. He doesn't you know obviously he's extremely athletic, but he doesn't rely on athleticism like I say a Russell Westbrook does. And You've been horrible for 18, 19 years. You do have some nice building blocks with drafting R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, young Marcus Campy, Mitchell Robinson, Alonzo Trier. The jury's out still on, still on Frank Milikina. Uh So, yeah, I think if, if you have a chance to get Kevin Durant, even if he sits out a year, or my dream comes back April 1st in the 8th seed, No, but in all seriousness, if you have a chance to get Kevin Durant, even though, yes, would it be so Nick to sign Kevin Durant and the dude shows up at the press conference and crutches? Yeah. Hey, we'd be the problem with a lot of jokes. But again, it's not Joe Johnson. It's not a second-tier star. It's Kevin freaking Durant. So I think if Kevin Durant still wants to come play basketball for your team, I think you have to do it. Even though, yes, it would suck if he was out for the year. But like I said, it's Kevin Durant.
0: But let me ask you this question. So, yes, I agree with you. It's Kevin Durant, one of the the most explosive players in the NBA, top three player. However, you cut the cake between LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Kevin Durant in no particular order, although I think LeBron is still the number one player in the NBA. You may disagree. Do you disagree, actually?
2: I think he still is. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers just had an off a year. I think LeBron was a little too focused on off-the-court stuff. But the Lakers are just becoming – I mean, they, they should be really good this year, but the Lakers are just becoming uh a train wreck, and as a Knicks fan and just hating Laker fans, I, I love it. I think it's hilarious. So
0: here's but, my question.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, I think LeBron still the best player in the NBA. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kevin Kevin Durant's hurt, and Kawhi Leonard is right there. Jonathan DiCumpo is in the top five, but I think LeBron. Yeah, I'm still LeBron's still the best player in the NBA. I think.
0: So here's my question. You look at guys that have their own. Um, their own set of injuries. You look at Demarcus Cousins. You look at, um, you know Rudy Gay and more. Does that not alarm you that Kevin Durant will be coming back at thirty-two? E whether he plays for the of Knicks or not,
2: it, it is a risk. But I feel it's a risk you have to take for Kevin sure. Durant. Oh, of course it's a risk. It's, it's, it's not like he's coming back after spraining an ankle or after you know dislocating your shoulder. You know he's coming back after. A torn Achilles, quite possibly the worst injury a basketball player could have. So it's a major risk. But it's a, honestly a scoop. It's a risk when we walk outside in the street. Every day's a risk, and I think it's a risk I take every day leaving my house. Same with you, same with everybody. So I think it's a risk to think if if Kevin Durant wants to come here, unless you're getting Kawhi Leonard, then you get Kawhi Leonard and somebody else. So now I'm really dreaming. So if <laughs> Kevin Durant wants to come here, I don't think you say no.
0: What do you make of um, the Kyrie Irving situation? What have you heard? What did you see? And what do you think?
2: Would uh, the you like Kyrie to think- thing, I've heard, I, I've heard what everybody's heard. You know, I heard a few months ago he was coming to New York. And then now, obviously, I've heard just what it's on, on TV and the internet, that he's going to the Nets. And one thing I didn't, I didn't know about Kyrie is that uh, maybe you probably knew this. I didn't know he was uh, a diehard Nets fan growing up until recently. I knew he was from Jersey, obviously. I know Rod Strickland his godfather. But I did not know he was a diehard Nets fan, so that's pretty interesting. Obviously, the Nets don't play in, you know, East Rutherford anymore. But uh, the Kyrie, I, I thought, you know, it seemed like Kyrie was a lock to come to the Knicks. But I, I've learned this stuff; it changes every five minutes. These guys, <laughs> these guys are humans like you and I. So If I go to my favorite restaurant, 808 Social, a little plug for them, up in Chester, New York, I can leave my crib and I can have the chicken parmesan on my mind. Chicken parmesan uh-huh. there is slamming. But then when I get there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to think I'm going to get the social burger with the mozzarella cheese and bacon in the middle of the burger. So it, it, and that's just how these guys are, too. One day they may think oh, they want to play for the Knicks, and the next day they want to play for the Clippers, or the next day they want to play for the Bucks. So stories are going to change. So hopefully the stories you're hearing now that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to play for the Nets, God damn, I hope they change. <laughs> <laughs>
0: For sure, Scoopy Radio on the line with Anthony Donahue. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, Instagram, and Anthony MSG. When you talk about the Kyrie situation, it goes deeper than that. Um, him and he and uh, his Rod Strickland this is his godfather. Rod Strickland and Kyrie's dad, Drederick uh, Irving, grew up in the Mitchell houses in the Bronx. Um, and also, he did tell me um, that he does. Um, like the Nets. He grew up liking the Nets um, and told me that it was a pleasure to watch him play. Obviously, he watched during the Nets uh, era with uh, Kenyon Martin, Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittles, Keith Van Horn, and what have you. But It seems like um, there's a lot of nostalgia. Obviously, the, he grew up in West Orange. Manhattan is there. Brooklyn is there. Um, the Nets made the move to Brooklyn. When you look at the Nets as, or rather the Knicks as a whole, okay, say they don't get KD. Say they don't get Kyrie. Do you like the fact that if you were if you were spending money, would you go with taking a Julius Randle and a D'Angelo Russell, or is it KD or Bust?
2: I don't think it's KD or Bust. Do I have a, here's the thing with the NBA and sign a free agent, Scoop. It's all about the salary cap. It's not like it's baseball. You pay whatever you want, and you just got to pay a penalty. So if in baseball, I guess if you wanted a, a billion-dollar payroll, I suppose you could have it. You just got to pay for it. In basketball, you have to watch how you spend your money. So, it's not to your bust. If you have the squad the Knicks have now, and you were to add Julius Randle and DeAndre Russell, uh, you know it's not awful. But you better not be maxing those guys out. Hmm. You know I don't have a problem with if Jimmy Butler is on my team, but I don't, I don't I don't think I'd want Jimmy Butler to be the best player on an average team because I think that's a problem. That's another conversation. <laughs> but I, I just it's tough because these guys all want big money and there's a salary cap, so. I have nothing against. I think Julius Randle may continue to get, it's probably going to get better as a basketball player. But I'm not giving D'Ang- D'Angelo Russell. I'm not giving Julius Randle. I'm probably not even giving D'Angelo Russell a max player, a max contract. Would I want D'Angelo Russell on my team? Sure. He's a great. I think I wanted the Knicks to draft D'Angelo Russell in 2013, but they, the Knicks ended up getting the fourth pick and getting Christoph Porzingis, But So there's a lot of players I'm interested in. It's just a matter of how much they're going to cost me. Your 33rd 30, to
0: 30, 30, 7 podcast. Um, Scoopy Radio. Or excuse me, let me start from the beginning. Your thirty third and seven podcast, Anthony downhill on the line with Scoopy Radio, had Kristaps uh, Porzingis, and you were one of the few people to actually get exclusive one on ones with Porzingis. And do you miss him in New York?
2: Man, yeah, I have. I, I thought that his first year without Melo, he was spectacular. Uh, he tailed off a little bit in December and January. Early February when the injury happened, he started to play really, really well. And the thing about Porzingis for me as a fan, it's the fan in me. He may be the last player I fall in love with the rest of my life as a fan. i not say I'm not going to love R.J. Barrett or I can't love Kevin Knox or Mitchell Robinson. Um, but like the attachment I think myself and Nick fans had to Chris Downs Porzingis, seemed like he really wanted to be here. Um, if we don't get two max free agents, there's a part of me that wishes. Now, obviously, there's always things that went on behind the scenes that I don't know about, you don't know about, a lot of people don't know about. The Knicks had his rights, and I wish they were able to work it out. Maybe Porzingis was so far gone. But the Knicks did have his rights. Now, both, the question is, were you're going to give Kristaps Porzingis a five-year, $158 million contract coming off a torn ACL. It's tough, and then the fan in me again. I, I was so looking forward to his first game back, man. That that was going to be true fire, man. Because the Knicks fans, we really loved KP, and KP the KP breakup was about the hardest breakup I've ever had to go through as a sports fan. You know, because yeah. Oakley got traded when Stars got traded when Sprewell got traded. It was like they didn't. None of those guys wanted out, but and then those were our guys. Porzingis was our guy, and he seemed to want out, and that just I that shocked myself and all. Fans around the world that bleed orange and blue,
0: your podcast thirty third and seventh has had some notable guys you've had marcus canby, you've had um Steve mills, you've had um Larry Johnson, you as a Knicks fan having Larry Johnson and Marcus canby, and even Latrell pretty well. name something that you learned in those interviews that kind of just had you sitting back like, wow.
2: Talking to those guys, I, I think, you know, talking to Larry Johnson on my show, talking about, because if you remember when the Knicks got Larry Johnson, he wasn't the Hornets, Larry Johnson. And just talking about on game days or after practice, when Larry had a bad back, he was just shooting. And if you remember, Larry was one of the first probably stretch fours in the NBA. When he mm-hmm. you know, had a bad back, he'd be... Get to practice an hour early and, shoot, and, and an hour after, and just fire up threes with Tom Thibodeau. Just fire up threes with Tibbs. And then, you know, talking to Marcus Canby, and one of the funniest, and I talked to LJ about this too, but Canby was more elaborate. Talking to Marcus Canby about the, the, the camaraderie they had in the locker room, especially with the funny anecdotes with Kurt Thomas, because I'm not sure if you know this, and it's people that are listening, Kurt Thomas is the only college basketball player in history to lead the nation in scoring and rebounding. And Marcus Camby told me a story that when the Knicks, in the middle of the lockout season, they weren't playing good basketball. They were not playing good ball at one time. They had a players only meeting. And in the meeting, Kurt Thomas gets up. And he's like, guys, and now this is a team with Marcus Camby, Latrell Sprewell, Alan Houston, Patrick Ewing, and you know, Larry Johnson, as I said. Kurt Thomas gets up in this meeting, Marcus told me. And he says, guys, I need the ball for him. And the, the whole team starts laughing. And then Kurt proceeds to say, "I'm not sure if you guys know this, but I'm the only player to lead the nation in college basketball in scoring and rebounding." It gets quiet for a second, and Larry Johnson just says, "What nation?" One of my favorite <laughs> stories ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Under God, indivisible, liberty, and justice for all.
2: <laughs> Larry just say he said, "What nation?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's pretty funny, Scoopy. To say
2: I was actually chatting with Kurt recently. And Kurt sets to this day if he got more touches, the Knicks would have had multiple championships. Not just one, multiple.
0: You know, it's funny. I you
2: remember, remember that. He can score. And Kurt, Kurt, Kurt could score the ball when he when he got his touches.
0: No, I believe it. And it makes me think of that line, that, that Joe Button song. Remember that Joe Button NBA freestyle? Yes, yes,
2: yes. He
0: said I take Don Chaney under arm under the arm and show him how to make a good Nick."
2: Yep. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> so that I, right that's I, that's, a, and that's the coolest thing about those guys I grew up idolizing, so to get a chance and chat with them in a nice setting and to have like, you know, an hour conversation with a, a John Stark Alan Houston Canby, Spreewell, Childs, child, even you know, it was it's always been so much fun stuff I've never taken for granted. And yet, those did, little stories too, it's very cool.
0: Did you and Chris Childs talk about the Kobe Two piece?
2: Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Chris is a little dramatic about it. Chris said he could have ended his career, but he took it easy on him. I think that's probably a little much, but yeah, I know. Actually, so when I had Chris Childs on my show in 2015, it was the first interview Chris Childs did since his playing days. So it was the first quotes we had from Chris Childs since the fight, really. So the interview made almost every outlet, not every, you know what I mean? It was on Complex, it was on ESPN, Daily News, The Post. I think a lot of the headlines were oh, I should have
0: ended his career, but you know it was fun. Yeah, I, I did talk to Charles about that. That was cool. Nah, man, Chris Charles to me he 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 looked like Nas, but he was he did, effective. A little bit, re- a
2: little bit.
0: <laughs> but he Scoop was he was effective because um, I think he was respected. But I, I feel like um, that Kobe Bryant two pieces of the biscuit, as I called it, it was kind of like that blemish on, on on that that you know. You wonder about that. Like, you wonder what was going through Kobe's mind, what was going through Chris Child's mind, and what preceded that. Well, Chris that in- was
2: saying that Kobe was, like, poking him or whatever in a certain spot, and Chris kept saying, "Yo, know, you do that one more time, it's a wrap for you. And then I guess he did it one more time towards the end of that basketball game, and, you know, Chris hit him with a two-piece.
0: Yeah. If you put your money on the Knicks making a move this summer, would you be a betting man and say that they'll get paid you, or are you nervous?
2: I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a betting man and say we're gonna get KD because I'm I'm gonna believe in my heart that even though it's Kevin Durant's decision, and I'm saying this with a smile too, so don't, you know people don't like, don't get too crazy. that I just can't see Rich climbing, let him go to Brooklyn. Rich won't be able to walk in New York City. Rich Kleiman cannot let Kevin Durant go to Brooklyn. I'll text Rich that right now. He cannot let like, can, He can he can go he can go to he can go to LA. He can stay in Golden State, he can go to Chicago, he can go to Minnesota, he can go to Sacramento for all I care. But Rich, if you're listening, you cannot let Kevin Durant go to Brooklyn. You cannot. Set up barriers on Flatbush Avenue. I don't care. You cannot (laughs) let Kevin Durant go to Brooklyn. (laughs) But it is Kevin Durant's life. But I understand, Rich Kleinman, you can't let that happen.
0: Anthony, you... um your story, to me, um, is intriguing. Uh, I've known you for a few years. I know you've interned at 98.7 ESPN Radio. You hosted at ESPN Radio. Um, you've hosted events. What You know, the movie Brown Sugar, they asked the question, when did you fall in love with K-pop? At what moment did you fall in love with basketball?
2: I fell in love with basketball when I was probably about six, seven years old. Ironically, basketball was probably my third or fourth love at the time. My first love was actually hockey then baseball, I love football a little bit, and then basketball. My favorite love is basketball since. It was actually my fourth love. I fell in love with the Knicks when I was in fourth grade in 1992, more in the playoffs in 93 when we were playing the Pacers. And nobody in my family were big Knicks fans. They were Yankee fans, Giants fans, Rangers fans, St. John's basketball fans. I actually loved St. John's before I loved the Knicks. But started watching the Knicks all the time in the 92, 93 season, the year they, Charles Smith the year, obviously. And hmm. I just, yeah, man, it just took over my body. And just, I became the biggest Knicks fan right away. And here I am. You know, 27 years, 26, 27 years later.
0: When was your first Knicks game?
2: First Knicks game attendance. I went to, and I'm looking at the ticket sub right now, as a matter of fact. April 2nd, 1994, versus the Miami Heat. It was the Knicks' either 15th or 16th straight victory. Uh, the, only thing that, the only thing that sucked about that game was that John Starks didn't play. He was out with a knee injury. And that was my my idol and uh and um, Hubert Davis got the start of shooting yard. And the Knicks were up by about twenty points with about five minutes left. And the whole I mean the whole guarding crowd starts chanting, We want Eric. And for those not familiar, Eric Anderson was a lone white guy in the Knicks back then. <laughs> and he got zero playing time, God Indiana, who actually passed away a few months ago. Rest in peace Eric Anderson. Um but he was a mean chest bumper. i talked to John Starks, I even asked Anthony Mason, God rest his soul when he was alive. Who was the best chest bumper on that team? They all said it was Eric Anderson. So anyway, about five minutes left, the whole garden crowd is we want Eric. And it was cool. Then about five or two minutes left, Riles puts him in. The place goes crazy. Now, there's about 15 seconds left, and the Knicks are up by 20. Now, I feel like you should always run off the clock, but there wasn't social media back then. People wouldn't make it, probably didn't make the biggest deal of it. So there's about 15 seconds left, and the shot clock is off. And the Knicks are up by 27 points. Greg Anthony got the rock. And I've talked about this for Greg. He, you know, calls Eric over to the three-point line, hits the Eric Anderson, and he tells him to shoot it. He shoots that three, it was almost like Larry Johnson's four-point play in that building. The place went crazy. It was a really, really cool moment for a guy that really didn't get a lot of playing time at all, but really worked his ass off for that basketball team.
0: Wow, you got me visualizing old school Masters for a because I remember those old seats, the blue seats.
2: Yes, yes, I miss the old garden. The new garden is beautiful, but I do miss. That. I was sitting in section four sixteen, row F that game.
0: Wow. Do you remember the movie Eddie with uh, Whoopi Goldberg? Of course. Do you ever feel like her when you're at Madison Square Garden? What's that? Do you ever feel like her in Madison Square Garden when you look to the Yeah, I, mean, I got
2: a lot of love at the garden. I'll be honest with you, Eddie. She's not. It's a pretty good movie. I always get a little emotional at the end. I think when Eddie's like the Knicks belong to New York, I cry when I watch that part. Um <laughs> you know I kind I, I feel pretty good at the guard. You know, I'm kind of apparently I'm some sort of legend around there. That's that's what I've been told. When you look at the age
0: of super fans, um you see Mr. Whammy with the Nets, you see uh the gentleman in with
2: him. we have a picture together.
0: Really? Is he? Kind of, what's he like? I've never met him.
2: He was nice. He was nice. You know, he's you know, he like one hundred and ten. I, I, I there's dirt in my in, on my sidewalk that's older than him. That I that he's older than. Him.
0: <laughs> Who? What's obviously you're going to say you're a Knicks fan, so you're probably going to say this, but I'll take a shot and start. What team runs New York City right now? The
2: Knicks. The Why? Knicks are always gonna run New York City. And I hope this never happens. But the Nets win a championship, the next day the back page is gonna be who the Knicks get in that summer. <laughs> Boy, I hope I never experienced that because the, the Nets win a championship before the Knicks. Man, I don't think I can handle that. It almost happened. I
0: think when you look at the Nets. Two thousand
2: two and two thousand three. I was I was I was definitely rooting for that versus the Lakers. That's
0: what mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. that year.
2: What Lakers is, is too good by the way, Lakers are too good.
0: What do the Nets need to do in order to catch up with the Knicks? Actually, because well, they're originally a New no, York team and is New stuff, Jersey.
2: And that is not me insulting them. The Knicks are the Knicks. The Nets are the Nets. The Nets can win five championships. They'll never be more popular than the Knicks. And, you know, I'd rather win than be popular, but the Knicks are the Knicks. And that's not an insult to – and believe it or not, that's not an insult to the Nets.
0: Scoopy Radio on the line with Anthony Donahue. What
2: other projects? I see you in the
0: street. Honestly, Orange and Blue Crew is the movement. I ran into Orchard Beach last summer, uh, the um, the basketball game, um, Hoops in the Sun. What other projects do you have brewing?
2: Uh, this is probably my, my third and 7th podcast is always growing. And I'll be doing a lot of stuff for the Orange and Blue Crew when the season starts. I'll be doing tons of events, bringing fans to games. Probably doing some events at bars, maybe some live podcasts the best thing to do is keep up with my social media, Anthony MSG on Twitter and Instagram. And just, you know, if you're interested in an event, you know, shoot me a DM and you know, we'll get you there.
0: It goes down in the DM. Scoopy Radio on the line with Anthony Donahue. Um, last question. Yeah. Say the Knicks get it. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. What's the first thing you do to celebrate?
2: <laughs> Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. I don't even know. I mean, I'd be so happy. Maybe not as happy as I would have been if Kevin Durant was not hurt, but I'll be, I, I would cry. I would cry. I'd be so happy, man. I, just, I don't know what I would do except just probably just cry and thank the basketball gods. Like I said, I wouldn't be as happy as I would be if Kevin Durant not got hurt, but I'd be extremely happy.
0: <laughs> you heard it first. Anthony, thank you so much for your time, man, and good luck to your Knicks this weekend.
2: Thanks so much. We really appreciate you, my brother.
0: My man. I'll talk to you.
1: Hi, brother. Thank you. Thanks so much, man. Scoop B Radio. Overcome. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello?